Welcome to Wellness Rebranded. We know there's so much conflicting health and fitness advice out there, and you're tired of the senseless and toxic diet culture noise. You're ready to tune into your body, feel empowered around food, and focus on your true health and well-being. Welcome to the Wellness Rebranded podcast. We're the healing trio of your health and wellness anti-diet dreams. I'm Tara, personal trainer. I'm Elizabeth, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And I'm Maura, licensed clinical social worker. Together, we're pushing back on diet culture, hustle culture, and toxic positivity to help you practice genuine health-promoting self-care. So grab your water bottle, forget the rules, and let's start rebranding your wellness journey. Hey, it's Elizabeth. Welcome back to another episode of Wellness Rebranded. Today, we are going to be discussing how much exercise is good for your body. How do you know how much you, quote unquote, need? So Tara, here on. All right. All eyes on you. This is my wheelhouse. And this is actually a really complicated question because, as you know, everybody is different. So what I'm saying today are really general guidelines that people should follow. But if your body doesn't feel good doing these things, then I suggest that you reach out and let me help you or reach out to another fitness professional and let them give you some guidance on what you may need to do to make your body feel good. So why do we even want to move our bodies? Aside from the fun of it, what's the benefit? <laughs> I was just going to say, because it's really fun. And that's He's actually one. a big part of today's episode. But it's good for us, right? Moving our body helps stay healthy. I usually say that motion is lotion and rest is rust. Of course, rest is important. But when we move our body, our body tends to feel better, especially in our joints. I hear this a lot from some of my older clients that if they skip a day or a week of working out, all of a sudden, like, everything's a little bit achier. So movement makes you feel good. I've been realizing that specifically very recently. I started doing more, like, mobility things. Yes. Oh, my gosh, it feels so good. Like, my hips feel better. My knees feel better. Like, the joints. They all feel so much better when I'm just using them. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. That and it's, like, fun to be strong. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. um, at Sam's Club, I always kind of get wrangled into, like, putting cases of water in people's carts because there's so many people that can't pick it up. So that's really inconvenient if you have to stand there waiting for someone stronger than you to come around and hope that they'll be nice enough to do that for you. So movement is great for many, many things. But one, it makes life easier. Two, it's fun. Hard help. Makes you feel good. Or it makes your heart healthy. Like, there's lots of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And also just, I always like to direct my clients' focus to the immediate, how's it going to make your day better, right? It might put you in a better mood. It might lower your stress. It might, one of my favorite quotes is from Legally Blonde, L. Woods, exercise releases endorphins and endorphins make you happy. And happy people just don't kill their husbands. They just don't. (laughs) It's my favorite. Think too, honey. It's a fact. And it's also very accurate. As a married woman, I can confirm. (laughs) So a very common question I get is, how much do I need? Because not everybody loves working out as much as I do. And I get it. Like, it takes some time. You get sweaty. Your hair is gross again. There are definitely some, like, downsides. But I think you'll find the benefits of exercise far outweigh the hassle of doing it. Um, I feel like this is a good time for me to confess that I sometimes choose my workout based on what I need my hair to be that day. (laughs) Also, same. (laughs) The answer to this question is really it depends on your goals. So here's the deal. If you lift weights twice a week, that's great for maintenance. You're going to see some slow progress with twice a week weightlifting. I also want to point out that this doesn't mean it has to be like an hour. You could probably get that same benefit in like 30 or 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. If you enjoy it and you genuinely 
are having a good time with it, by all means, go for longer or do more days. But think about our bare ass minimum here, our BAM. I know I'm talking about that a lot. This is kind of like our BAM for weightlifting is twice a week. For cardio, it's a little bit more complicated. Our guidelines are 150 minutes of moderate intensity cardio a week. Moderate intensity is like walking, like a brisk walk. But of course, you can find that in fitness classes too. Mm -hmm. If you did a Zumba class, that would be considered like moderate. I love looking for activities that you can do outside of the gym that are also going to give you these benefits. Mm -hmm. Me too. Because not everybody wants to spend their day in a big old stinky gym. Mm. So maybe this is like helpful for the people who are like, oh, I really don't want to. Yeah. How do you get that? If you're like a gym hater, look for ways to do this outside. For me, I walk my dog Chula a couple times a week. Probably not as often as I should, considering that she's ruining my house. <laughs> but that counts. That's your moderate intensity activity. Going for a hike. It all counts, right? I, anytime you're moving your Everything body, counts. Everything counts. Before you move off from walking, one thing that I share with anyone who wants to know is I'm an avid reader. I love reading. And audiobooks is my little secret that gets me. I, I like walking anyway, but sometimes there are other ways you could spend your time. But if I'm listening to a really good audiobook, I want to go for a walk because I want to find out what's happening. Yeah. Yes, I love that. Yeah. I would be like scared though that I got to like a really good part and I had to end my walk for whatever reason. And then it's like, "Ah, when do I get to hear the rest? (laughs) Yeah, that's motivating to get out the next day. But also I listen when I'm doing chores around the house, which is also movement, right? Totally. Yeah. Chores totally. So I might just like do some extra laundry that night or unload (laughs) the dishwasher on a night when otherwise maybe I would have let it slide. Nice. So I I can hear what's happening. I love it. Yeah, I love that you link this like thing that you love with other things Uh that you want to do and you want to have more of in your life. Yeah. Reminds me of our effective goals. And by the way, it could just be a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Listen to some of the rest of the Perfect (laughs) timing. But there's other things, right? Maybe you like to be outdoorsy and get out there and go hiking. Maybe you found like I've been dying to take this belly dancing class. I haven't done it yet because it doesn't fit my schedule. But that totally counts as like moderate intensity movement. You don't have to be like glued to your elliptical to get the benefits of this. I have a question. You were talking in the beginning about strength training and Mm -hmm. weightlifting, but what about doing something or if you do yoga, which obviously if you enjoy that, do it anyway. But I'm just curious from a strength perspective because that is considered weight-bearing, right? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked this because I was thinking that in like one of the first episodes, we should have gone over weight training versus resistance training. Mm -hmm. And essentially, the benefits are the same. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter how you're getting your resistance as long as you are getting resistance. So tell us something. I think weight training feels self-explanatory to me, but what are some examples of other, it sounds like yoga is a resistance training. Yes, so yoga would be considered resistance training, especially if it's not a super gentle yoga, Mm -hmm. if it's a bit more of a power yoga and you're doing some complicated Uh stuff. I think bar Mm-hmm. And Pilates are both considered a resistance training. Anything like with bands, um, if you are taking like a band class or <laughs> when I tell this story, can I tell the story? <laughs> you have to. I'm getting ready to make some really ridiculous hand motions. Tara knew exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, trying to loop me in. I have to tell you, this is the first time I've been a personal trainer since I was 19 years old. <laughs> So 20 years I've been doing this, and I have never in my life seen this happen. And Elizabeth is the whole <laughs> that was able to accomplish this feat. <laughs> so twice. <laughs> 
So bands break, right? This is not uncommon, but usually people cannot just pull them apart and break them with their bare hands. But like more commonly, bands will break if they have like a little fray in them or if they're old or if you have them on your legs and you do some sort of like aggressive abduction or adduction. That's common. Being able to just pull a band in half with your bare hand, absolutely unheard of. And this beast of a woman, <laughs> twice, not once, but twice in our workout last week. Last week. And I almost didn't even know how to react. Yeah. I wish I had. So we trained through FaceTime. I so wish I had a screenshot of Tara's face when it happened because it was like stunned silence. I have never in my life even considered that that could have happened, especially because the move she was doing was like shoulder abduction, which typically we're pretty weak in our shoulders, which is why a flimsy little band is enough resistance to make that effective. <laughs> Not this woman. So then I went and grabbed the second band and the same thing happened. So clearly these were old bands, guys. I'm not really that strong. And it's something that the plastic broke down or I don't know what happened. But it was very or funny. just tell about us. <laughs> or that. She's been training with me for like a year. I was so. going to say, it's a testament to Tara's training. Tara, if you guys want to get Hulk strong, <laughs> she's your girl. <laughs> anyway, digressing. Anything that is using your own body weight is considered like resistance training. So even if you were outside at the playground doing the monkey bars with your kids or anything like that, it all counts. And this is important for bone density. And that's especially important if you're like a white or Asian female. Mm -hmm. Um, We're the ones who have to worry about that. Most everybody else is pretty like okay with it. But um, if you're white or Asian female, you definitely need the resistance training in your life. And it's important for strength, makes your life a little bit easier. It's all good things. But of course, my favorite way is weight training because it's like the most effective. Results are going to happen faster if you have more weight. Mm -hmm. It's easy to add more weight if you actually have weights in your hand. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. It's just like a little bit easier if you're looking for a way to keep progressing. Yeah. A lot of those like yoga, Pilates, bar are really good in the beginning and then it becomes difficult to keep challenging yourself with it. So it makes sense to what you were talking about earlier of like it depends on your goals. If your goal is to simply feel good in your body, then maybe continuing to add weights, you don't need to do that unless Mm -hmm. it's your goal to continue to get stronger, which I think a lot of the times it might not start off with that goal, but then you kind of get excited. Yeah, I see that all the time, actually. People come to me typically for like weight loss or I want to look good naked or whatever. And then after a few weeks of lifting weights, they're like, okay, never mind about that goal. I want to be strong and awesome. And I'm like, but that's not what you do anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, people are coming saying that, but you're redirecting them from the beginning. I feel like you should make that distinction. (laughs) Consider it made, yes. I don't typically encourage that, and I just get them strong and awesome. And then when they get on board, it's all the more rewarding for me. You let them figure it out on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Lead a horse to water kind of thing. Yeah. I like it. I consider it leading a woman to weights, but, you know. Yeah, leading a woman to weights. I like that. (laughs) So that could be the title of the episode. There we go. Typically, we recommend 150 minutes a week, which to me sounds pretty ambitious. That's 30 minutes most days of the week. Uh You do not have to start with that. Like, remember, we're talking about our bare minimum here. Our bare minimum might be like, get your weightlifting in twice and then walk in every now and then, right? But that is eventually the goal. If you want something a little bit more time effective, 
75 minutes a week of a higher intensity exercise is totally enough cardio to keep your heart and lungs super healthy. So taking like an hour long hit class at your local gym, you know, or doing a boot camp in the park or something like that, totally effective. And then you'll just need a couple more minutes to hit that goal. That makes sense. What I usually do, because I'm not a cardio queen, I don't really love getting massively sweaty all the time. I usually do my weight workout. My weights usually take me 40-ish minutes twice a week. And then I add like a 15-minute high-intensity circuit at the end. And then I've gotten all my weights done for the week. I've got 30 minutes of high-intensity stuff. And then I'll walk tools a couple times. And that's it. Yeah, I like that like kind of mix and match that fits your life. Yep. It doesn't have to be this like rigid thing yeah. where like, oh, so I only got 148 minutes. Like, yeah, I'm feeling a lot of resistance to this conversation because I get it that these are the guidelines. Mm-hmm. And also, it could put people into a place of shooting all over themselves. Yeah. Totally shooting. S-H-O-U-L-D-I-N-G. Yeah. I like that Tara moment ago you had said like, you know, you don't have to start off with that. Like the what's best is what works and what is sustainable. Yep. Like what makes your body feel good. Yeah. What some people won't be able to do 150 minutes of anything a week because their knees won't feel good or their hips won't feel good. Or maybe they just don't like getting sweaty that often. So this is all about what works for you. But because people do ask me the question, how much exercise do I need? Okay. This is like officially the guidelines. I was wondering, like, so these sound like kind of the guidelines that have been created. Ideally, I would hope and imagine after like a lot of research has been put into this. Mm -hmm. I wonder what are some like internal ways someone would know if they're getting enough exercise. So like, how would they feel? Yes, I do, too. So a really easy way is how does life feel for you? Something I noticed when I started lifting weights is when I used to struggle with the case of water at Sam's Club, I could just pick it up and toss it in, right? Going up and down stairs is a really good indication of like how cardiovascularly you're doing. If you're like running up flights of stairs and it's not a problem for you, keep doing what you're doing because it's clearly working. If you find yourself pretty out of breath and sweaty at the top of a flight of stairs, maybe like add in a few more minutes of moderate intensity exercise for the week. This is making it, it fits your goal to get be able to go up and down. Right. Yeah, if you want to feel good doing life activities. Mm-hmm. What about maybe internal signs that might tell us that we're maybe overdoing it? Oh, good question. Overtraining is like such an issue. And the real problem with it is you don't know that you're doing it until you're already deep into it. So a lot of times if you're wearing, we've talked about this before, but if you're wearing like an Apple Watch or a Fitbit and you can see your heart rate, your resting heart rate will actually go up when you're overtraining. Whereas typically when you're just doing normal types of exercise and not overdoing it, your resting heart rate will decrease over time. But with overtraining, your resting heart rate goes up. You probably are not sleeping as well. You're having more like wakings during the night. You're tossing and turning a lot and you feel like a general level of anxiety. Mm. And that's all from exercising too much. I would imagine you notice some things muscularly too, right? Yeah, your recovery is not as good. So something that maybe wouldn't make you sore, like walking around the block, now all of a sudden you're getting sore from things that never used to bother you. Mm -hmm. That's a really good sign. Yeah. And you're not recovering within a normal time frame. It's interesting. It sounds like some of the signs that you're overdoing it are like also the reasons people like to exercise. Like they sleep better, their anxiety improves. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so if those things... It's kind of a cruel joke, right? Because we start exercising to sleep better and have less anxiety and depression and to feel good in our bodies. And then when you overtrain, it's like the opposite of all those things. Yeah. 
It's good to know, though, right? Like, and I think that also speaks again to easing into it because it sounds like sometimes there's a delay. I was going to address that. I'm glad you brought it up because a lot of people will hear this and go, okay, I need to lift weights twice a week and I need to do moderate intensity five days a week, Mm -hmm. right? And it's going to be like this to-do list of things they should do. But really, we want you to start super slow with this. Otherwise, you are going to get injured. You are going to have overtraining, not to mention the mental anguish of like failing because Nobody's going to work out that much. Going from couch potato to that is very unrealistic. Yeah. Right? We don't want that at all. We want you to start with like one little thing and then keep consistent with it. And when you feel like that's good, if you want to keep moving in the next direction, add in another day or another type of exercise and then reassess and determine if you're happy with your fitness levels then. And if you're not, then you add. And if you are, then you stay. Right? One last thing I want to talk about in this episode is finding something you love. Just because I talk about moderate intensity exercise and equate it with walking, some people hate walking. My husband is not a walker. He does not love going for walks or taking a further route than we have to. That's fine. He likes efficiency. (laughs) He likes efficiency. And amazingly, he'll go to the gym and walk on the treadmill. But like walking in the world is not his gym. It's fine. Yeah, I'm thinking of a particular client that I had who really doesn't love a lot of traditional forms of exercise, but she really, really enjoys doing like renovation projects around her house. Oh, I love it. That's a perfect example of getting movement in non-traditionally, right? But that you enjoy. Now it got a little sticky if the project ends, so you need to find (laughs) the next thing. Start a new business. (laughs) Renovating people's homes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love looking for like non-traditional ways to exercise. And if you do go to the gym, like try out all the classes, even if you think you're not going to like it, like go try something out and make sure that you actually don't like it. Because I've surprised myself several times with things that I thought were ridiculous and are actually awesome. Um, So go try lots of different things because you're not stuck with like running or walking. You can do what your body enjoys. I'm curious since we talked about like some ideas and examples of things people can do to get this movement in. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you have any ideas or recommendations for maybe some listeners who might have mobility issues, like they're in a wheelchair or they can't walk up the stairs, those kind of things. I wonder if you have any quick ideas. I'm sure that could be a whole episode. but (laughs) That could be a whole episode. I actually deal with this a lot at the gym. Of course, my experience is at a gym because I work there. But there are so many machines. We have this cool arm crank bike where you like ride the bike, but with your arms instead of your legs. We have ski ergs where you're like doing cross-country skiing with your arms. There's a lot of options in the gym. So if that applies to you and you're wanting to like try something new, by all means, go like take a tour of the gym and see what they've got because adaptive fitness is huge right now. That also seems like a uh, uniquely perfect circumstance to reach out to someone that can help them. Absolutely. Especially if you're not sure what to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I volunteer with the Special Olympics. And last year I had like 17 kids or whatever. And one was in a wheelchair and one was completely blind. And three of them were like runners. So if I took my eyes off of them, they would like take off and run who knows where in the gym. It was a super challenging season to do this with them, but so rewarding. And it was really fun to see like, oh, I can adapt this exercise for this guy who's blind or for this kid in a wheelchair or all these different things that were you had to kind of take account for. If you have someone who has any experience at all with that and you need that, I very, very recommend 
very much recommend going and getting some help there because there's a lot of people that specialize in that for sure. Thanks. But bottom line, do what feels good, listen mm-hmm. to your body and have fun. It sounds like. Yep. That's what crazy. I usually recommend is just have fun and find something you enjoy because if you don't enjoy it, you will not stick with it. That's a fact. Been there. Awesome. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Wellness Rebranded. If you found this helpful, please take a moment and leave us a review and share it with your friends. If you'd like to learn more about Mora, you can find her website, moratunny.com. To connect with Tara, find her on Instagram at Tara De Leon Fitness. To connect with me, Elizabeth, visit me at elizabethharrisnutrition.com. And while you're there, follow the link to join my health and healing with intuitive eating community on Facebook. 